Please stop. Our self nation. It's your boys, Adele and the Baker, with another episode of Scarf Life Podcast. We've had some we've had some bad intros. Let's let's acknowledge that as a fact. Um we've to to put it mildly taken a bit of a bit of a break for most of the preseason from uh, said podcast I was I was really hoping that upon our return you know we we would uh, we would put our best foot forward mm-hmm. and and I'm glad that that's not the case you know we we are giving the people the same low low quality uh, podcast uh, audio that they're used to and uh, and there's something to be said for consistency. You so know, if nothing else, judge us on our consistency. In in this world of constant, continuous, and never-ending change, it's good to know you can rely on something. And that's my MO. You will get the same quality <laughs> week one to week two, no matter what happened in between. In the seven days. Yeah, I'm. I mean, it, damn, closer to c- closer to seven weeks, but. Well, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it has been a hot minute. Um, I let me tell you a quick story, man. So, I hooked up or had to rehook up, <laughs> well, over the past two hours, some of our hardware. And this is something I didn't even tell you while we we're trying to hook it up. I was an extra three, four minutes late for us to start trying to figure this out. Not a joke. I could not remember where the on button was on this thing. <laughs> yeah. A um, little, little that, part of me died. Bad fact. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the people, hey, let's put it this way. Everyone listening is getting exactly what they paid for. No, No, no better, no worse. Except for Jimmy. Um, I heard Jimmy paid us a bunch of money to stay online. I'm just making up a name here. Yeah, I was gonna say you're definitely not cutting me in on that. I was about to <laughs> <laughs> I was about to hit hit stop recording, like, hey man, what's what's going on here? Where was my check? Yeah, it's I'm it, I'm not getting any of that sweet sweet rev. It's just crazy, man. It's been a it's been a long off season. Um it's been a boring off season. We remember we thought it was going to be an exciting off season, mainly because we thought there was going to be some ownership news. Right. There was not much other than none news. Like we just kept getting reminded over and over throughout the off season. Like, nah, there's no updates here. Like, the only updates were no, nah, there are no updates. Yeah, yeah. There was like a there was the one thing that was happening, at least what it felt like to me. You know the preseason games were were obviously fantastic to watch, and you know we probably could have squeezed some content out of that, but you know we chose not to. Um, but but the one thing I kept getting reminded of was uh, Ryan from Qualitrix is might still be interested in purchasing Real Salt Lake. Y- you get to a point where you hear that for the third or fourth time that month, and you're like, "Hey man, 
either either shit or get off the pot at this point. Like <laughs> that's I, I just I just figured out if he does not buy the team, I just figured out the new name on the back of my next jersey. Which by the way, remind me later. I have to send you your jersey. It's gonna be Ryan from Qualtrics. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how you it, do it. It's that hit right up there with Tam. Right. Tam and Gam. Tam Gam. Ryan from Qualtrics. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you you it's just currency the 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 mortals amongst us do not understand. But he, here's the thing. Instead of a number on the back of that jersey, it's just him shrugging. Like maybe <laughs> I will, maybe I won't, you know, you got to find you got to find like a sticker or something for that. I feel like but that's the key here. It cannot be Ryan Smith or whatever. No, no, no. It's it's Ryan from Qualitrix. <laughs> I like it. Let's do it. Let's make it a thing. I feel mm. like at this point we have so many back of the jersey ideas. Remember the other day we were talking, or a few weeks ago we were talking because I just you know you ever have that feeling when you're like I remember having a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. But for the life of me, I cannot remember what that idea was. And one of those was we had a lot of good ideas, right? Around what we should put on the back of our jerseys if we ever get new jerseys. But then I couldn't remember what they were. I'm, I, I, think, well, I remember this conversation. Tam. I'm fairly confident it was Tam and Gam. <laughs> Tam and Gam. It must, because all the other ones we thought we remembered were. Mm, all sorts of not kosher for Sandy, Utah at Rio Tinto Stadium. Can't can't be uh can't you know some of our best ideas were a little less good the next day. Let's 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 put it that way. <laughs> there, there is some of that, yes. Right. For better or worse, I would say mostly for worse. Anyways, man, listen. It's been such a long time, and this feels so good. It, we're back on the air. We are. The back on. Yep. Had we had off-season discussions, we would have just been depressing everyone about how the upcoming season is going to be the worst season we have ever had. And yeah. you know what? It might be. So we will get into the game itself we will get into some of the newcomers and a couple of incredible performances um but i hope we have enough time for me to give my spiel about eh, i think uh, we're getting a little carried away so far so screw it dude we're winning Let's the cup it. i don't know what you're talking about we're going all the way <laughs> this is the year one game in we won don't look back we're undefeated mls cup or bust undefeated we beat a good team we, we beat i think one of those teams that in an ideal scenario at the end of the season mm -hmm. we're fighting for a playoff spot with them so a win over that team is pretty good yeah yeah um now look at me getting all carried away already yeah yeah i was gonna say the you know way to ignore literally what you just said what was that less than 30 seconds ago there you go. Well, listen, RSL Nation, Adele and the Baker are back. Scarf Life Podcast is back. We're going to do our damnest to give you a little bit of entertainment. Hopefully, we don't have to give you too much entertainment because the product on the field will speak for itself. As you will learn, we don't think so. 
So we're going to get real creative this season, Baker, don't you think? About saying, oh, look, we lost again. Yeah. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about the game that just happened, man. What, what should we kick it off with? I mean, you know, classic uh, RSL uh, heading up to Minnesota, where we have have not had a lot of success historically. Um, actually, I think I remember reading that we've never won in Minnesota prior to uh, last weekend's game. Yeah, sounds about right. And I know for a fact that we were Minnesota's first victory. We were, we were. It was the it was the week that uh, Mike Petke actually became yep. our coach. Uh, but I remember this, like, Kassar got fired like two days or something before the Minnesota game. Yep. And Petke and looking, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, and like probably one of the like shrewdest moves ever, decided that he only wanted to observe that game, and so the assistant coaches essentially acted as the coaches and he just kind of watched. Yeah. Which, yeah, fantastic move on his part because, yeah, we were literally Minnesota's first win. I think, didn't they put like a half dozen pastas? It was pretty not great. Yeah, they won, They I, I think it was like four or five. Like it, it was, they it was too many. They demolished us. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things where uh, we we did not look good after that game it's one of those teams where it's it's kind of like in my book there are a few teams in the league where this happens all the time like and it's not always the greatest teams remember how we hadn't won in texas for like a decade and a half or something after you know a decade and a half yeah i was gonna say probably not that but yes a long stretch of time it wasn't until two three four years ago the first time we won in any texas city so going to Texas, it was immediately like, oh my god. Yeah, right. I I remember the you know what I refer to as the Texas road trip now, where it was like yeah. Houston and then FC Dallas and like the same two week stretch or whatever it was, and yeah, yeah just like back to back losses. And they were never good. I mean, Dallas was always good, right? Dallas sure. was one of the teams that was v- really decent for a long period of time, and they sustained it. But man, all those teams had our number. And for some reason, in my mind, San Jose as well. I know we don't have long streaks. Whenever we play San Jose, I have zero confidence we're going to win. Zero. I don't care if we are top of the league and they're bottom. Right. It's kind of like the Jazz and the Timberwolves. And that was the other funny thing. Did you know that Jazz were playing the Minnesota Timberwolves the same day? RSL was playing the Minnesota. Yes, loons, ducks. Was, uh, yes, was, I yes I did know that. So yeah, it's Th- just, thankfully it's just one, one of those, Utah so, team got it done. So yeah, there's that. But it's the same thing. Like Jazz at top of the league, the Timberwolves are like bottom of the league, and they just got their number over and over and over again, right? And when I saw Minnesota as the opening game and the non-actions that we have taken over the offseason, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is another half dozen on us. We might get a goal through, like, an own goal or, like, some dumb penalty in the 94th or something, right? I, 
I'll be honest. My my initial reaction was six one Minnesota. Ooh, that's I don't know great. if damn. Yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty not great. I mean, yeah. Just remember, I yeah, think we're I can't going fault the you. Worst season we have ever had, ever. Right. Yeah. Including yep. those first three years <laughs> that were horrendous. Right. No, it, it's you know, and and I I don't want to use this as like as the reason why because the talking heads of MLS soccer always rank RSL way too low. Uh, like in those preseason, like where do you think they'll finish? But across the board, everyone is saying we're either the worst team in the West or like the second to worst team in the West. Mm-hmm. We're the uh, Colorado of years past. Right. Like it's it's here's basically... The, here's, here's the thing, Baker. What's up? Usually they post that BS and I'm like, that's BS. Right. And, and I'm like, I can fight it. Right. Better. Yes. We all know better. Their, their logic made sense this year, unfortunately. <laughs> and I thought they gave us too much credit in some cases. <laughs> right, right. Like what's below, what's the below worst team in the West? Um, yeah. And, and, you know, on, on the other end of that spectrum, a lot of people were talking about Minnesota being like a top four or five finisher in the West. Yeah. Um, you know, like for sure making the playoffs. Reynoso is a, you know, a playmaker in the elite of the playmakers in the league. You know, they got uh, Juan Agadello. That Lud dude is wicked dangerous, as we all saw. Uh, you know, a yeah. solid defense. Like, they made all the right acquisitions. More help is coming. Like, you know, it. I, I think we played Minnesota at the right time, too. There's some of that. Um, but, yeah, it. I think to, to say that RSL was far from the favorites going into this would probably be an understatement. Yeah. By everyone, including us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend to, I saw it coming, but yeah, we have to sometimes remind people. Just because you think your team is crap, does not make you a lesser supporter. You need to call out crap, but it happens. That's what we do. We love the team. Right? It's like family, even though there might be assholes. Here we go. How long would that take for our first? Uh, Curse word for this podcast? Uh, I think we're somewhere around the 14-minute mark. So we almost made it to 15. Always next year. Almost. And that was a slip-up. I was consciously trying not to swear earlier. But just because you called it bullshit doesn't mean you don't support the team. You, If anything, you support the team more, man. Like Just because I say we're going to suck, I'm not going to become a Minnesota fan. Or Philadelphia fan that apparently is doing pretty good right now. But anyways, okay, let's get into the game. So all of that was happening. There was a lot of discussion, not just about the game, but there was a lot of discussions about, you know, we're, we're going to suck. They're going to be great. Yep. This worst season ever. Yep. Um, we are up in arms about, we don't even know who owns the team right now. Well, right. Deloitte Hansen owns the team still. It, it's who he is well, selling to. He? No, the MLS owns the team. No, the MLS is well, facilitating the sale. Right. So, anyways, maybe we can talk about some of that because I did hear some, um, you know, the, the commissioner was saying things like, you know, they're getting closer, but. It's right. Sometime this happening. year. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was, he did. He, well, well, anyways, let's get into that in a second. But I was really encouraged by his comments about we're looking for good local buyers. Right. So that, that's, that's real cool. That's nice to hear. 
which he has said before, but... Right. I want to hear that frequently. That's one thing I want to hear all the time. <laughs> That's the, the biggest win we can have this season. And right. I think if anyone wants to go back to our podcast from late last season, I must have said that 15 times in the last seven podcasts. The biggest victory for RSL this year is that we get a good quality deep pockets owner that is local first. And if Ryan from um, Qualtrics buys a team, oh my God. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I love what he's doing with some of the jazz things right now. So let's just do it. Yeah. Anyways. Dude's a good all owner. We're all going into the game like, eh. <laughs> eh. Let's see. It's just good to have the MLS back. It's good to have RSL back. Because yeah, the MLS was back a week earlier. Just didn't feel the same. We were literally the only MLS team that did not have a game yep. in the open week. That whole uh, odd number of teams thing is really really messing with the flow these days. Well, it's messing with us a lot. Remember just a couple of years ago, we were the only team that didn't have a game on the last? Yep, on decision day. day. Season, which yeah. worked out well for us because the Houston, worst team... Houston to took care of work, yeah. Exactly. Yep. Still one of the greatest non-match day match days. I've ever been a part of not a part of but you know what I mean yep watching is being a part of it I guess so the whole thing kicks off all right so let me give you my perspective hold on before we get to kick off slightly mm-hmm. before kickoff and before starting 11 mm-hmm. RSL made a big to do about our new captain ah did you I did you see know. any of those posts no well I don't know I mean I'm sure you noticed in the game but it's our boy Big Al, the cap, Rushnak. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts on that? No. No thoughts on that? No, no, no. My thoughts on no. You don't want him to be captain? No. So so here's the thing. I was I shared your sentiment up until the actual, like literally until the game. Because, yeah, it should have been Demir. I think everyone with eyes knows it should have been Demir. I think Demir knows it should have been Demir, but he was probably like a real classy guy where he's like, nah, man, you know, I'm getting ready to ride off into the sunset any year now. Give it to my boy Big Al, the Cap Rushnak, as I'm going to call him from here on out. And, you know, they talked about like co-captains and other leaders in the locker room and all that stuff. But who actually carries the armband? It matters. Mm-hmm. Um, Albert Rushnak getting the armband in my opinion, was like that one really smart guy at work who everyone knows is really smart but, like, doesn't really do a lot, finally getting promoted and then, like, rising to the occasion. Like, I was pretty anti-Albert getting the captain's armband until I saw him arguing with the ref at, like, every chance he got. It, 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 it's the type of thing where, you know, let's, let's, let's be real clear here. We've got a sample size of one. So, like, you right. know, maybe 15 games in, I'm totally singing a different tune here. But uh, I got the sense that him getting that band actually meant something to him. And yep. that he was, you know, now it was his job. Like, it was his role to do all that stuff that, you know, Kyle used to do. Um, I don't know, man. I, I am not as upset about it post that game i gotta be honest with you 
Yeah, but here's the thing. And you're right. We have a sample size of one. The scenario described, just described, is that really smart guy who doesn't do a lot, got the promotion. But for me, it's a lot more like <clears throat> that guy who is working and does smart moves, but most importantly is looking for career moves elsewhere, right? Patch your resume so you can leave. I stick with all of the points I made late last season, which is the best thing that can happen for RSL is Rushniak shows really well at the is it the Euros this week this summer? Yeah, the Euros, right? It's, the, it's Euro. the Euros. And then we sell them for a bunch of money. Yeah. Just yeah. to be clear, a bunch of yeah. RSL Nation doesn't like that us saying that. Yeah, no. I get that. I get that. It's thus <laughs> This is the fun debate thing. Let's talk. I'm looking at other key players in other teams across the league, right? It was a busy opening weekend, and even last weekend, I, I caught a few other games and a bunch of highlights. And those top-paid players, forget the captain thing for just a second. They're always the big difference makers. He has never been that for us. Not never. That that's yeah, with a few exceptions. Yeah, but he has not been that for us on a consistent basis, right? He has not been that for us the way. What's his old ass name from uh, Portland? Valeri. Valeri has been for Portland. Yeah, I mean, we're also talking slightly different, slightly different pay scales, not by they, much. Barely, right? I, I thought we talked about this late last season that he does yeah. not make. Much more money, if any more money, actually. Yeah, he's, right. you know, I, I had another example, and, you know, Look, it, it's probably unfair is Ladero and right. Rui Diaz are all in his yeah. pay scale as well, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yeah. So that that's what I'm saying. And, and then maybe, maybe, listen, if <laughs> maybe Albert's listening, there are not that many RSL Nation podcasts. Like, if I'm a player for RSL or an executive, I'd be listening to all of them. There's like three. <laughs> really? You spend three hours a week listening to these things. I'm No, dude. I guarantee you they're all... I, I guarantee you Rushnak's not listening. Well, okay. Part of the problem right there. <laughs> Through him. He should not be our captain. I think Albert Rushnak is a very talented player. I do not, and this is this is just talking from like I don't know a personality or leadership perspective. I do not think Albert Rushnak is leadership material. Put him out there, let him do his job. Also, we have been really spoiled. I mean, our last captain was Carl freaking Beckerman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like it's hard to maybe 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 we're unfairly comparing it, right? Right. When right. I'm like, give Ochoa the arms armband. <laughs> we'll get into that later. So, we will. um, I think it's silly to put someone in charge of the team. Did you see what Miami is doing? What's they Miami doing? Four captains. They're alternating. So Higuain was the captain in the opening game, and then and yeah. You remember who the other three are? I mean, um, I imagine it's the other Higuain. No, no, it wasn't because the they've other. got both. I know, yeah, they have both the brothers. They're actually, brothers. I did not know that until a couple of years ago. Um, 
but no, they have four captains. They're alternating, which is like the most BS thing. Like, I just can't make up. I don't have a leader. There is on RSL. It was always clear who the guy <laughs> who's gonna punch your eye in if you don't listen is, and it's Kyle Beckerman. So not every team is as fortunate as that. I remember, was Alonzo a Seattle captain? Uh, I think so, yeah. I would just assume so, right? Because that's captain material stuff right there, right? Yeah, that's also like San Quentin, I killed a man for looking at me the wrong way material. Yeah, yeah. Dude's a killer. Some of that in the game last weekend. But anyways, let's wrap this part up. Um, not a huge fan. Um, don't get me wrong. No, not even top three. Like in my mind, it, it, I mean, the mirror is my clear and obvious first choice. Right. For that role. Right. Okay. Who are the other two? Well, let me, the next clear and obvious choice right after the mirror, significantly below the mirror, but still way above anyone else is Everton. For captain? Yes. The dude doesn't speak English. Who cares? Just to be clear, because I know we're going to get blown up over this. Both of us come from families of immigrants where most people don't speak English. I'm not holding that against them, but he needs part of a captain's responsibilities is to communicate with the official. Mm -hmm. That's very difficult to do when you don't share a language. And the less the official understands, the less yellow cards you get. Okay, that's I'm gonna go ahead and and while I appreciate everything Everton brings to the club, that seems like a genuinely terrible idea. I disagree. That's by far my second choice, and he is my third. You ready? I used. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm sitting here with anticipation, waiting for you to say a name. Justin Glad. Yeah, man. I mean, I've, you know. I'm 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 currently I've got a blanket on the couch here that I use when it gets cold. We can make that captain next. Like, come on. <laughs> like and then after Justin Glad. Maybe the cat that ran across the field during that Tigris game. Carrera. Yeah. And uh we could we could make the corner flag captain. And, and then uh, after Aaron Herrera. I've got this good. I've got this half empty beer that could probably be captain, maybe. Like, come on, man. Like, That's my captain every weekend. The kid's a child. Yes. No, absolutely. Like, you had me at the mirror. You lost me at everything you said after the mirror. In sports age, he's 50 with a life expectancy of 85, if you think about it that way. Anyways, that, that's just... Those are my thoughts. I, I think a captain is a lot more than being able to clearly speak to the referee. I mean, when was the last time someone changed the mind of a referee with words? It's not about changing. It's it's about pointing things out. It, it's, it's it's not like Rushnak speaks clear English. Come on, man. Yes, he does. He literally does. Hasn't. He has a slight accent, but his English is is pretty solid. Well, you know what's more important than speaking to the referee is leading the team. I, I agree. Think that, I think the, the team th also doesn't speak Portuguese. The three names I just mentioned would do a better job leading the team than Albert Rushnak. So let it be spoken, let it be said, let it be understood that I, Adele, 
think Rushnak, at best, is number four choice in the captaincy order. Yeah, there we yeah. are. Well, and uh, I wish him the best of luck. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he just makes me eat my words. And a month from now, we're talking. I'm like, oh my god, Rushnak is an awesome captain, right? Let's move on. So let's get to the starting lineups. Yes. So your thoughts? I mean, yeah. I mean, so we we got to see some of the, um, you know, preseason games, and you know, I know Rubio Rubin had himself an outstanding preseason. Um, I, I'm gonna be honest. The first thing I noticed that kind of made me upset isn't the right word because you know to to our earlier point, I went into this thinking like, yeah, we're gonna get crushed. That and who is on the field getting crushed doesn't really matter. Uh, but the first thing I noticed was that our young DP at a time, at least Jason Ramirez hadn't even made the bench. Yeah. Um, combined with the fact that, you know, Sam Johnson got himself. An, what was that? It was the first thing you noticed. That was the first thing I noticed. Yeah. It, it's, I was looking for that. Um, you know, and then combined with the whole Sam Johnson thing that we don't need to go into, I was like, cool, we're effectively playing with one DP. Um, the next thing, obviously, that I noticed was the midfield and how unbelievably stacked slash weirdly positioned it is. Um, so you've got Ruiz and Luis. That'll be fun. I uh, thought that was an awesome matchup. Yeah, and then Rushnak and Krylock. Essentially, you have four players really playing three positions, if we're going to be honest, um, which inevitably resulted with Rushnak playing, you know, kind of wider, and then him and Demir switching things up, and, you know, uh, Pablo coming forward, and Rushnak falling back. And it was it was actually kind of fun to watch, was that just yeah. the shifts in the, in the midfield. I um, think the only way we can compete this year is with that midfield. I think we have that's, – that's our X factor. I thought that was the best possible starting midfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's it, it is definitely the shining star of this roster, um, you know, or at least that's what I thought until Julio started finding the back yeah. of the net like a seasoned veteran. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then the next thing I noticed was uh, was the bench. To be totally honest with you, specifically uh, center back. Because, you know, Justin Glad and M. Silva have had their own injury issues and missing games and stuff. And, you know, I know that that's been a point of contention and to see how things would shake out. And then finally, you know, the starting goalie was obviously the big kind of like. That's you finally? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how it first went. thing I noticed. Really? Yeah. I mean. Very First thing I noticed was call you Nostradamus. <laughs> Adele Stradamus. It's I'm so happy. And we'll talk about Ochoa a bit more probably. So let's not spend too much time on this starting line in general. But like the first thing I noticed was Ochoa. Like, hell yes. Finally. I think uh someone on the front office might have listened to our podcast from last year. Um there was no surprises on the outside backs, Herrera and Toya. Like that makes sense. Um, glad. I mean, the entire defense made sense, right? 
nothing there. I was super awesome to see that uh, Everton is back in because I was, even though I thought Beasler did a really good job after he came on, actually really good job. I like we need Everton, especially in a team where we know we're never gonna be the better team this year. We need that guy, and it took him what twelve seconds to get a yellow card. I mean, talk about a well-deserved yellow card. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, that was a good yellow card. Um, so, yeah, that was my biggest notice. Um, and then, you know, Ruben and Julio, I don't know if I was surprised or not. You know what my biggest surprise was? That I wasn't surprised. Really? Well, because I totally can see our coaching staff blow it and put, like, a Merriman instead of it or like, yeah i mean i'm, I'm glad yeah. they didn't julio definitely right. earned that starting spot yeah so that's what i mean like or even like a i don't know a martinez in the starting lineup that that's I, that's what never made sense to me last year and, and just because it makes sense right i had such low <laughs> confidence in that staff it, it was well oh, if it makes sense it's probably not gonna happen sure sure no, I, you know, I, you, I was surprised that it made sense. Yeah, the the most obvious moves were the moves that were being made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you're definitely onto something. I, I, I think to be a little bit fair, uh, specifically to the last year situation, I, you know, Douglas Martinez or Douglas Martinez, however you want to pronounce it, like he was it as far as strikers go. So him, you know, being <laughs> Being in the starting eleven wasn't so much, you know, in my opinion, at least that he'd earned the spot, but that there was no one else there to essentially play it. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay, so that's that's the lineups. I, I mm-hmm. think most of our explanation is somewhere between what I said and you, what you said. Um, and I was just pleasantly pleasantly surprised that the lineup actually made sense. Because I was totally, for some reason, I was I was expecting some dumb stuff like we're gonna take Herrera out and start Brody. You know what I mean? Like some sure. dumb shit like that. Th- that's yeah. what I was expecting to right. happen. Right, right. Let's watch the language, like, but yeah, Everton. You know, not starting in favor of uh, Beasler. Like, all right, I can see that happening. Right, it makes way more sense for Everton to start, but whatever, I can totally see that happen. You know, what I mean, that's I was expecting something like that, and that was <laughs> the last expectation was like McMath is starting again, which would have made even less sense this year than last year. Actually, yeah, I'm not sure how you look at it, but it would have made no sense, right? Right, yeah. So when I, I agree. Line, I'm like, okay, I actually, and I'm like, I feel better. It almost feels like our coaching staff last season tried to overthink things just go with the most obvious choices yeah you know wherever i i think the only thing i would add to that is wherever possible play dudes in their preferred positions you know right. I, I think that's been the achilles heel of ourselves for way too i mean to the example you just used aaron herrera is is a subpar left back i was saying that years ago when mike petke was putting him on the left he is a top caliber right back. So just put dudes where they need to be. And I would I would take it a step further and say he's a terrible left back. 
now that I look back. <laughs> right. But I'm not sure why it's that different to play on the right. He's got a terrible left foot. Okay, I get it. It's so bad. I I I know for a fact I've been saying this. I will find the recording. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. You don't have to. I can back you up right now. But at the same time, like five percent of your play should be determined by your strength, the strength of your foot, and it's mostly like passing and right. He can't. He can't receive a pass with his left foot, which is important when you're a left back. And he can't complete a pass well with his left foot, which is important when you are a left back. Right. So maybe that was one of those other things. Like, well, maybe they start him on the left because it would not make any sense. Thus, it should happen. So, anyways, let's move on. Right. So, lineups come out. I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm like, okay, I'm. I still give us zero chances, right? But I'm like, okay, cool. Then the game starts, and. Just from my perspective, if I may, the game starts the exact way I thought it would. Like they're out possessing us, they're out shooting us. I mean, they're out everything us. Ochoa has a couple of nice plays. We have next to nothing. I think we had one decent chance before the first goal. Right. We're like, oh, yeah, man, this is going to be a long day. It's yep. just, yeah. I remember it, thinking this. It, I remember it, thinking, I feel way too good right now at 0 0. All it's going to take is that one goal they score and then the floodgates open. And I just because I've lived through this too many times. I'm sure you have as well. Everyone has. Like, how did how did I my feeling about this game and this team change so drastically in five minutes <laughs> or 15 minutes? And it goes from zero zero. I'm like, oh, we can fight it out and see what happens. And then 15 minutes later, it's three zero. Them like oh, right, right. Where where you have that five ten minute stretch where everything yeah. just falls apart. Yeah. And then yeah. the 31st minute comes around. Right. A breakaway it was a counterattack, wasn't it? It was. It was RSL scores on a absorbs pressure and scores on a scores on a counter. And it's Ruben assisting Julio. I feel like we're going to be saying that a lot this year. Yeah, I really hope so. And I'm like, what? Uh... <laughs> right. Like, what's? I, I still think so. At this point, I'm still thinking. Oh dear God! Just try to hold on, and maybe we can get a draw out of this. <laughs> right, like, we scored too early. Yeah, yeah, and it was beautiful. The whole thing was played out beautiful. We can so we'll talk about Julio probably specifically in a bit here, but I mean the counterattack was awesome. Ruben and the run and the pass to him, and then the unselfish play. Let's be clear, that was super unselfish because. Shit, I wouldn't have passed that ball. I would have tried my luck. Right. And Julio puts it away. And I'm on cloud nine for like 19 seconds, right? Until sure. I. That's your goals usually have that effect. Well, when you're right. scoring them, yeah. Yeah. So that's happening. Then, 10 minutes later, exactly. Exact same combination. 
a little more difficult finish, if I remember correctly. 2-0, 41st minute. And it's that disbelief. It's like, I know this is not happening. Like, I know we're going to overplay this and blah, 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 blah. And we're going to do what we're going to talk about probably in a bit is the exact same thing we did do, which just get super defensive in the last 20 minutes and lose this game for some reason. And it's going to be Minnesota's, like, at the end of the season, they win the MLS Cup and they look back and like, Week two is when we found our mojo. We were down 2-0 and won 3-2, right? <laughs> like, that's how pessimistic I You know me, man. I'm never right. pessimistic. I'm, I was gonna, well, I mean, you are, but you won't admit it. But, yeah, I was going to say that that's that does sound like the worst possible luck. That's all. That That's what went through my head. I mean, so, all right. So, you... you you said a lot here. You basically went through the entire match in five minutes. A lot to unpack. I went through the first half. I mean, you talked about the second goal, but that's that, that's fair. Um, so, yeah. So, the first 15 minutes, right right there with you. I was like, it it is only a matter of time before these guys score. And then we're going to panic and we're going to push. And then they're going to score again on the counter. And then Everton's going to get pissed and he's going to get a red. And then we're going to concede like 4-0. Um, and, and, you know, to be clear, Minnesota had a very similar... You were similar... close on a couple of those. I was like, there's no way Everton is making it out of the first. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, he, he was he was pretty handsy in that those first 45. Um, but, yeah, you know, Minnesota, like, started the game against Seattle the week prior looking like the better team. I mean, they came out really aggressive in the first 15, 20 minutes. Um, I, you know, I think if I'm going to be honest for most of that first half, they were uh, objectively the better team. I think to be totally honest with you, um, it's just that there were these two moments where they, they kind of pressed Wait, too hard. Us or Minnesota or, or Seattle. Against us now, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would say against. I would say against yeah. Seattle as well. I mean, Seattle didn't really turn it on until the second half. Um, but in that first forty-five, I, I think conservatively forty minutes of it, Minnesota's the better team, right? So, you know, the stance of like it's only a matter of time before they tie or equalize or uh, you know score another two or three, like that's that that you know wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. Um, I'll go so far as to say that if we played this exact same game in like three months from now, when Minnesota has their shooting boots on, maybe a little better, this game maybe doesn't go our way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, those first two goals, especially that very, not first two, the only two goals, but especially that first goal was, I mean, just beautiful. It, it, it's, and I think if RSL is going to have any kind of success, that's the kind of soccer we got to play where you have to acknowledge that maybe one-on-one our guys aren't, you know, I mean, we're facing SKC this coming weekend and one of those two teams has Alan Polito and the other one doesn't. So Mm -hmm. I think being realistic about maybe that talent gap and knowing who we need to be as a team is, you know, it's good to have that as a skill set. But yeah, I mean, who I I knew Julio was fast, but that first goal, like he's 
boom, gone out by himself. Oh my god! And then some of the some of the runs. I remember. I can't remember at what point. So let's, let's actually before we get to Julio, let's just real quick just just finish the game here, right? So eighty six minute. Yep. They score. Yep. And we get five extra minutes, so there was almost ten minutes after that goal. Right. And it's, it felt like a new game to me. Like it was like An- another, another ninety game. minutes. Yeah. Yep. Damn. Um. But character. Man, there was a lot happening there. I, I, I could, I could, I could totally see that team just folding because there were plenty of opportunities. So proud of you, proud of you, boys. Good job. Um, let's talk about Julio for just a second. It'd be weird if we didn't. So obviously, two goals. It's the dream opening. Yeah. And honestly, on top of honestly, I think if he had stayed in the game for the rest of the game, he might have gotten the hat trick, and I'll tell you why. Especially when Minnesota gets desperate after like the 80th. That's the prime time for counterattacks. Yeah, and the dude's like built for it. The fast, so here's what will freak me out. Obviously, quick as anything going forward. I didn't realize his quick, his speed until I actually saw him sprint back on defense on a specific play. Like, he wasn't in the middle of the screen. He was off to the side. And I'm watching this guy. Like, these two Minnesota players ahead of him probably had a 15-yard head start. In three seconds, he's caught up to them. Right. It was a sprint back to defend. I don't know what minute it was. <laughs> I'm not sure what this it must have been. I mean, scrolling was probably 2 0 at that point, right? But it was incredible. It's um, it's almost like, remember Plata's early days? Like, holy cow. Yeah, yeah, that another and fast dude right there. But he's like, he's like a Plata that is bigger, taller. Yeah, a little, little more physical. Um, yeah, you know. I'm I'm super excited about this kid. I want to see what he does. I don't want to, you know, blow my casket on the first day, first game. But yeah, man, put, give me a few more of those games, and especially let's do it early. I think his window of of opportunity is early, because just like with Plata, teams will eventually figure out how to defend it. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's you know. It, it, Usually that happens around the the second year of a contract where, yeah, you know, suddenly there's tape on a guy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, well, I mean, as the famous saying goes, and it's it's same in football and soccer. Speed kills. Right, that there you can do a lot of things against a lot of people. Speed makes you change your game plan. Your uh, offside traps change when you have a quick person on the other team right it makes you change your game plan right definitely so whether he's effective or not directly in some of these games i mean just the fact that you have that speed means teams have to change their game plans to accommodate for it thus they can play their best games by definition right so anyways that's i, I that's think that's a, that's fair yeah that's an awesome 
one. But fair. All right. What should we go to next, man? Are we going to Ochoa to wrap it up or someone else? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it might be time to talk about this subject, the, the Ochoa closer. <laughs> so do you want me to introduce? I'll introduce it. Please. So game ends. Good guys win 2-1. Um, a, a team that most MLS talking heads had projected to be a top four or five team in the West just got beat at home by a team that most people said will be the bottom of the West. Uh, they lost 4-0 the week prior to Seattle. So they're a little fired up, to, to put it to put it mildly. They're in a mood. Slightly. Um, my understanding... They even brought Alonzo on. Yeah, they threw Alonzo on the field towards the end, just like, hey, in, th- in case things pop off, you know, we, we, we need to have you handy. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he had a tactical role as well, but I'll stick with my version of the, of the story. I like your version better, yeah. Um, from what I've heard on Twitter from Minnesota fans is they were letting Ochoa have it because of the, you know, the gamesmanship, the dark arts, whatever you want to call it, the time-wasting that every team does in that situation. Let's be real clear about that. Mm-hmm. If if the situation is reversed, um, St. Clair is rolling around the field for 30 seconds extra every opportunity he gets. So nothing new there. If you watch soccer for more than five minutes, you know it's part of the game. Yep. Uh, they're letting That's him have legal. it. What? It's legal. There's it, nothing it, Right. It, it's you know there's time wasting and then if if that's going on the ref is at his at his power to give a yellow he chose not to so no harm no foul literally. Um. My understanding is that the wonder wall, aka the blunder wall, behind Ochoa in that second half, was absolute. So they claim absolutely letting him have it regarding the Olympics, regarding his mistake, and, you know, he was he was public enemy number one. And once again, that is something all fan bases do to all goalies. Nothing new there, part of the game. I'll tell you later about the chant we had for Ricketts when he was playing for L.A. in the early right. days. Right, yeah, yeah, that's... You've told me the story before. No way it's <laughs> making the podcast. <laughs> um, so... Uh, the game ends. Achoa walks out to a just outside of the arc, I'd say. So he's he's somewhere, you know, in like the third of of the field, like halfway between the goal and the halfway line. He turns around and he kicks the ball into the the blunder blunder wall into the supporter section. I've watched the video. In my opinion, there's a relatively healthy arc to that ball, a parabola. So it it's it's coming down. It's coming okay. more down than it is coming at an angle, but there is an angle to it. I'm not going to sit and pretend there isn't. The Wonderwall as as far as they're concerned have all just been personally like a, attacked by Ochoa and like this is paramount to assault. Um, one of the Minnesota United players, I, I, I don't have the name handy, I forget who it was, but a U.S. under-23 teammate of Ochoa's takes offense to that and walks 
onto the field, right? So the game's over, he's on the bench. He The only business he has being on the field is to shake hands at this point. But he saw Ochoa do what he did. So he's walking up to Ochoa, clearly upset by that action. Ochoa is ignoring him, which upsets him. So he kind of reaches for Ochoa to give Ochoa to give him a shove. And then that kicks everything off. Now we've got dudes shoving, we've got people yelling, we've got Aaron Herrera in there trying to keep the peace. And and so far it's all players. And then the 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 chef's kiss to this entire story is that, you know, the 500-year-old coach, the leader, the figurehead of Minnesota, the the guy who should be out there calming the situation down, walks up to the field and is like the most outraged by this. And and that's, you know, Adrian Heath, of course. And he's sitting there trying to get in Ochoa's face. Like he's, you know, like he's like, he's going to fight this kid. So I don't know how age, how old Adrian Heath is. He's got to be in his sixties is out here essentially trying to fight a 20 year old kid. And that's when I knew that things, things got out of hand. Um, but yeah, great ending to a fantastic game. Oh yeah, good sum up. You got to do it for the fans, who so first of all don't have internet apparently. When a player kicks the ball into the section, the supporters section, you say thank you. That's a two hundred dollar ball. It's a souvenir. <laughs> On <laughs> all my years at Rio Tinto, I showed you the picture, right? I caught a ball once. And, and just to be clear, we have good seats. We're not like, <laughs> yeah, this isn't like, oh, we're up in the bleachers. Like, we actually have a chance it's, to get a ball it, every once in a while. It's where balls should be cleared too. okay? That's where we sit. So, <laughs> and you were not even there. I had to show you a picture of it because I wasn't there I, for that one. Yep. Remember, you, you were, well... God bless you. You were on your way to get beers. That's Takes a weird. village. But I knew you wouldn't believe me, so I actually had to take a picture of it. Remember I was showing you the picture? I do remember the photo, yeah. So in all the years, and I remember it really specifically now because it was raining and we had ponchos on, right, because the ball was like under my feet with the poncho. And um, Yeah, you and try it, to like hide it. Like, no, like there aren't, <laughs> this, this entire thing isn't being televised. Like they don't I have cameras. That was my idea. I put it between my feet and put the poncho over it. And then like security came looking. And then finally, when they're like, they were making real serious, serious threats. I'm like, all right, it's not worth it. Here it is. Take it back. But I got to hold on to a ball for like three minutes. I want to say two, three minutes. And I was thankful. I didn't feel assaulted. So blunder wall people, just say thank you. Right. You just got a ball thrown at you. Okay, first of all. Second of all, you know, if you can dish it out, but you can't take it, right? That makes you all sorts of makes you soft. It, to to, to yeah. paraphrase the Black Mamba, it makes you soft. Yeah. And if so, you want to be nice about it, like be nice about it. Like you're gonna be hackling this guy, which is well within your rights. Right. Do it. It's part of the fun. So one thing that I, I know I heard on the broadcast, 
and and I'm I do need to rewatch the entire broadcast at this point. And other people that I you know I, I saw on Twitter was that Minnesota or f- fans in Minnesota were chanting ACL, as as in like oh. like you're gonna injure your eight because basically the context was he was you know quote unquote time wasting acting like he was hurt and they were essentially wishing wishing him to tear his acl okay cool right I mean, so that, but the, whatever and, yeah. and and i'm 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 only saying like okay whatever because i just prefaced something that i'm not going to follow up on which is what we were chanting at ricketts not that many years ago right, right. and and uh... Like there's there's like you, the Olympics thing, go for it. He absolutely screwed it up, and you know if you want to make fun of him for that, absolutely go for it. But let's also be real clear: the United States doesn't even make it that far without a Choa and goal. Right. Um, the ACL thing, if you're a player and you know that's what people are chanting at you, I I get it. You you can you can boot the ball into them. Like that's I, I understand now. There are there are some chants that I think are deserving of a response, and and that makes the list. Uh, okay. And I mean, again, if you're willing to dish it out, be able to take it. Right. That's what I'm saying. So listen, right. softies. Um, We're literally three times better than you right now because we have zero <laughs> points and we have three and you play twice as many games. We're like six times better than you, but right. not even six times because you actually have zero. So what is six times zero? Still zero. So we're like infinitely better than you right now. So screw off. That's some weird math. Yeah. Well, no, so, it's literally math. Six times zero is still zero. We have three. Yeah, zero and infinity. Zero. Okay. We're not taught. We're, we're definitely not going this route with it. <laughs> but what I'm saying is this. You and I have talked about Ochoa all of through last year. And one of the things we mentioned, and again, we're not expecting anyone to go back through a year's worth of our pod- badly recorded podcast episodes, right? But we mentioned one of the things we love about him is the attitude, right? That the cockiness. By the way, I was list, I was watching the game on ESPN Plus, so I had to tune into because I have no choice to the Minnesota uh, broadcast, and they they talked about his cockiness many times. They call it confidence a couple of times. It was mostly cockiness, right? And look, they're right. That's that's part of the kid's game. Now, to be clear. I never liked his time wasting things, especially that early on. I swear he was wasting time in some cases while well, it was still zero zero. <laughs> but then I think I realized that it's not always time wasting. He just takes longer in some cases to get the ball out. Yeah, yeah, there's some of that. So there is it's, it's the way he proceeds, and maybe so. This is the the thought I had after that game. Maybe he does that to piss people off. Yeah, he embraces the villain role. From what I've seen from him over the past two years, three years, 
Monarchs and RSL, obviously. The ceiling is the freaking Cologne Cathedral with this kid. He, he could be the best goalkeeper in the U.S. in five years. And the fact that he keeps getting better tells me that he is not slacking on the work or the effort, right? Otherwise, we would have heard about it. And he has an attitude about him. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I think right. he's going to be the most hated player on RSL amongst whatever. In two years, we'll have like 49 teams <laughs> right? Um, out there. He used to be called Beckerman. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nick Romando, best goalkeeper in the history of MLS. Too well liked. Actually, so I have heard that one of the reasons he never won uh, goalkeeper of the year. That's, yeah. Was a little bit of the uh, personality. Yeah. So, maybe, you know, take that with a grain of salt. No, no official channels here. Yeah. Anyways, so. Love the kid. Keep it going. Yeah. Nothing he did was wrong. Kicking the ball. I mean, come on, man. That's nothing. I, I must. I don't even know. There's no like talk about a fine or a suspension. Well, I mean, it depends on who you ask. Like most of the league is going, eh, fine. A few RSL fans are like, we don't really, you know. And when I say few, it's like I literally read like two comments. A few fans are going, I don't really like. I'm not about that. And then the entirety of Minnesota is actively screaming for like a rest of the season suspension. <laughs> so, um, oh, those soft bastards. Well, Can I mean, so so after the game, after the game, there was on Minnesota's like the official team Twitter. There, like, it wasn't like we lost the game. It wasn't like the recap. It wasn't the highlights. Literally, the tweet after the final whistle was. Respect the game. That is all. And then yeah. uh, Adrian Heath did an interview. And I want to make sure I get this it, quote semi-right. Um, I believe it was something on the lines of like, he's talking about Ochoa, of course. Uh, lots of edge on him for a player that is uh, like really bad or something. Like basically saying like his skill set isn't there where he can have this kind of attitude. Says says. The coach who just lost both of his first two games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Adrian. I mean, Adrian Heath is clearly he's clearly deflecting. You know, I think he's scrambling. I think he knows his neck is on the line. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, you know, sh hindsight being twenty twenty, should Ochoa have kicked the ball like into the stands? Yes. Uh, I'm. Let, let's be real clear. Personally, I am glad he did, because like you, I think we need some of that fight. Had he not, would had that have taken away from his performance that game? Absolutely not, not my, in my opinion. Um, but Ochoa is a is literally a twenty year old kid. Like he's gonna do stuff like that. He's gonna make mistakes. He's gonna do things that we look back and maybe we roll our eyes. Adrian Heath is a sixty year old man. Like one of these two should know better. And and you know, for me, it's Adrian. Um, I mean, just an absolute joke of a man, a joke of a coach. Uh, well, just I thought he was a good coach, though. No, dude. G given the, let's put it this way: given the talent he has on that team, 
I, I think right. the expectation should be much higher. Right. Um, yeah, let, listen. No, no, no. I mean, even like last year. Like, let, let me. That's let a me good team. Clear. I hope Ochoa, David Ochoa, never loses that edge. As long his, as he continues to back it up, and he understands the only way he gets to back it up is by putting in insane amount of work and continue getting better. Why do we, the biggest shit talkers in sports history, why do we like them? Because they backed it up, right? The, the guys who talked but couldn't deliver are the other guys on the poster, right? They're in those funny videos on YouTube. Like, why does the world love Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Ronaldo, Messi? You know what I mean? Those kinds of dudes. Dion Sanders. I just want to cover as many sports as I can here. Because they talked it and then they walked it. But the reason they walked it is because, man, when no one's watching, they're training, practicing, getting better. As long as this kid keeps doing that and does not just get cocky and thinks he's got it all figured out, I don't ever want him to lose his edge. I think he did nothing wrong. I would have done way worse, personally, if everything you were telling me is true, which is, you know, these chants, yada, yada, yada. David Ochoa, keep it going, buddy. Love it. This is the only way, the only way, let me say it a third time, the only way this group of RSL players has any chance to be even semi-relevant this year is through guts and attitude and just sticking it to people. We're not going to beat anyone on talent anytime soon. Right? It's going to be our our team has to be centered around a David Ochoa, an Aaron Herrera, and an Everton Luis. Like that is the attitude we have to have throughout the team to be able to get anything done this year. And by that I mean for Christ's sake, like have a shot at the playoffs with like five games left. Right. That's it. Well, yeah. Are there any other important topics we need to discuss? Or no, no. Uh, homecoming podcast up. Yeah, we uh, obviously have SKC this weekend. Um, they're, you know, probably won't get into them too much here, but they're coming off of a 1 1 draw with uh, Orlando. And in the opening week, they beat the New York Red Bulls 2-1. Uh, Alan Polito is, you know, obviously the uh, the biggest threat on that team. Um, mm, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's coming back from injury. He played 30 minutes the first game, and then he went uh, the whole second half this last game. So we can probably expect to see him go the, maybe not the full 90, but definitely get the start. Um, it, it, you know, definitely one of those, uh, rivalries that kind of died down a little in, uh, recent years. And hopefully we get to crank it back up to 11 this Saturday. 
it didn't it didn't feature Ochoa. So this is definitely a rivalry that could benefit from a little bit of a Choa on it. Yeah. I'm 100%. Just, I think he's going to break someone's nose with his elbow. Accidentally, of course. Of course. We do not condone violence on the Scarf Life podcast. Never would. Never would, never did. All right, homie. Let's wrap it up, man. Yeah. So, you know, good, good opening game. Good three points. Um, you know, once again, I hope you and I are wrong about the projection for the rest of the year, but um, start off on the right foot, if nothing else. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take, because of all of the dips and the valleys, we're going to enjoy the peaks as rare as they are this year. So much more. RSL Nation. Hold on, actually, the baker. I'm gonna put you on the spot. What's up? I need you to do the music in the background while I walk us out. I've been more of a techno guy myself, so it's gonna be a lot of. Arsenal Nation. It's been a pleasure. Welcome back. Thanks for having us. It's your boys Adele and the Baker with another podcast of Scarf Life. Are we? Uh, are we trying to make this like a weekly thing? Can the folks expect us back next week? Yes, of okay. course. Okay. We're trying to make this a weekly thing, Arsenal Nation. It's your boys, Adele and the Baker, with another episode of Scarf Life. We'll talk to you next week. Adios.